This is Business by the Bay, here to discuss challenges businesses face and possible solutions. Your host, Ajay Sani. Good morning and welcome everyone to Business by the Bay, where we discuss various challenges businesses face and possible solutions by having conversations directly with successful business leaders. I'm your host, Ajay Saini, and today's show is sponsored by Payroll Vault. Payroll Vault is a boutique-style local payroll service provider for small businesses. They fully handle the payroll tasks and take over complex payroll activity from the business owners so that they can focus on running their company. For details, you may call them at 925-273-7030. Today, it's my pleasure to have Ashdosh Gur. He is CEO and co-founder of 8-4-6,000-plus research citations over 50 parents, 35 plus peer-reviewed research publications, and the outstanding PhD thesis award from UIUC for his PhD thesis in machine learning. Ashutosh is one of the world's experts in machine learning. He is also a co-author of the book, What's Next for You? A Eightfold Path to Transforming the Way Hire and Manage Talent. Good morning, Ashutosh. How are you doing today? Good morning, Ajay. Very excited to be on your show today. I'm doing well. Great. So let's start. You know, Ashutosh, you have worked at big corporations like IBM and Google and have co-founded very successful companies like Bloomreach and Eightfold. You have a very diverse experience. What, according to you, are the most common and biggest challenges companies face? As you mentioned, right, I have been at IBM, Google, and in the past was a co-founder at Bloomreach and now doing Eightfold. Every company is going after certain markets, solving a certain problem for a certain set of users. And of course, the business problem stems from that. But the common thread across all the companies that I saw, which was the make or break for the company, which defines how successful the company can be, was or were composed of two things, right? One is the market. What market are you going after? How big the market is? And is your solution genuinely solving the problem that exists in the market? Or are you just hypothesizing that? And the second, but even more important thing is the talent. Do you have the right people in your team to solve that problem? To solve and address the need of the market. So it is both market and the talent that is enabling you to go and address the challenges. Right. So workforce is the most valuable asset for a company. But still we see that it's very difficult to get the right team in place. We see statistics like 45% of businesses fail within the first five years. And there are quite a few reasons. But having the right people at the right position is a major problem. So what makes it difficult for companies when they know that they need to have the right team, but still a lot of times companies struggle to pick the right team? Having the right people in the right position, I mean, there's nothing, frankly, at some level new about it. Everyone talks about it, right? It makes obvious sense. But then where do the, the things fall apart, right? One is that... You have to really think about your business, what stage your business is in. And are you bringing the people who are not only the right people, but are the right people for the stage of your business? So if you hire too early, it won't work out. If you hire too many inexperienced people, it won't work out. Don't think about just the people, but think about the team. Because everyone is complementing each other. No individual is perfect, but you can go and build a perfect team for yourself. So quite a few times what we don't do is we think about the team instead we think about the people. Second is we are not thinking about 
the stage of the company. Who someone who might be a great person for me two years from now may not work out today. And at the same time, someone who was performing really well for me two years back may no longer be a good candidate for tomorrow. So constantly thinking about who in your company is the right fit for today's situation. Second is who is a person who will take you to the next level over the next two years? Do I need to up-level them or not? Third is really constantly thinking about how are you going to complement each and every person in your company. Don't expect everything from everyone. But as a CEO, your job is to go in and say that, okay, I have this person in this team in my company. These are their strengths and weaknesses. Can I complement them on their weaknesses by myself? or by bringing additional talent under them or next to them who can help them. So constantly think about the team, don't just think about the people. So essentially, at times we get emotional, so make emotional decisions, but it has to be about the team, how they are complementing. Yes, because it is a people problem, right? It's natural to be emotional, to build relationships with those people, right? But, so that's why, right? Don't even, I mean, sometimes we make these hasty decisions. Right. To let people go, that does not work out either, right? Yeah. We don't think about complimenting that because quite a few times you can follow problem in a much better fashion by complimenting the people. Mm-hmm. And the third is that if the individual is just not the right person for you, then it is in the best interest not only of the company but that individual as well to let them go and find a replacement. Exactly. Because you're not helping anyone by keeping uh, someone who's not the right fit for you. And as part of that, uh, realizing that it is not. People are great. Whether you are bringing someone in or not bringing someone in or letting someone go is not a thing on the individual. It is what do you need at what time, at what stage in your company for what soul. And they just may not be a great fit for you. And that makes it less emotional for you. Right. So is this the kind of problem you're solving at Eightfold? What was the idea behind starting Eightfold? This is definitely one of the big parts of the problem that we are solving in Eightfold. Four and a half years back when we started Eightfold, the reason was... I wanted to do something that can be very fundamental to our society. How can we help the society at large? And after looking at education and healthcare, what I realized is that actually employment is the backbone of our society. And if we can solve employment, we can help everyone get the right job, right opportunity, right career. We can have a huge positive impact on our society across the globe. The second thing was realizing that the world has changed and the change is only accelerating over time. Just for context, average half-life of a skill is less than five years. What it means is that whatever Ajay, you and I know today will largely get outdated in five years from today. The SaaS business model didn't exist 10 years back. The iPhone you and I have come to love didn't exist 15 years back. So the world is on a rapid growth cycle, right? Yeah. Rapid transformation. And... In that world, what is needed is not only look at people from the perspective of what they have done, what is good they have, but more about their potential, what these people are capable of doing. Because once you understand potential of each and every person, you can not only transform their individual life, but you can also transform organizations by making sure that you have the right people in the right job. And third, other big factor is that Unfortunately, in our society, in 21st century, diversity is still a big challenge. We still don't have enough women representation at the senior positions in the company. And if you're from one of those minority groups, then it is a really tough place for you to be in. And our thing was that the only way to solve that is through understanding every individual's potential and realizing that AI and data can help us get there. And that is what led us to start Eightfold. This is very fascinating, using AI to make unbiased hiring, right? 
So rather than having biases come into play, you look at the potential. But how do you know that this method actually works? Uh, so we put in a lot of figures around this stuff, constantly monitor and audit what we are doing. And also have the animal to reflect what's going on. But most importantly, right, don't build AI as a black box and AI is not magic. Instead of thinking of it as an artificial intelligence, think of it as an augmented intelligence system that is just giving you more data, more insights about every individual and every job. And a very simple example is following, right? Um, both of us are in Bay Area. And the common wisdom in Bay Area is that are you a big company person or are you a startup person? But not realizing that most people who are in a startup were in a big company before joining their startup, right? Or the people who are in a big company have come from a startup, right? Right. So by showing the data to the hiring manager that, you know, this candidate is actually good because people like him or her have performed well in your organization or other organizations like yourself, makes enterprises make the right decision quickly. Or to an individual showing that this is a great job for you because here, people like you are being successful in this job. Even though you don't have all the experience, you can still perform really well in this job, right? Using AI as a way to augment that helps you not only make the environment hiring season. And actually, one other interesting thing is, I think quite a few times, right, we talk about what are the differences between machines and humans, right? Yeah. And we can talk about all kinds of things from empathy, integration, data, scale, compute power, and everything, right? Mm-hmm. But very interesting difference between machine and human is the ability to forget and ignore. Yeah. Uh, as a human being, right, I can't easily forget things. I can't easily ignore things, right? Yeah. But as a machine, I can make machine to ignore and forget something very quickly, right? Right. And that is what enables machines quite a few times to help make unbiased decisions. You're so right. Uh, we hold on to certain things and even at the subconscious level, at times, we don't even know what is driving us to come to a conclusion. Exactly. Exactly. So, how do you see workforce needs evolving? Because we see like there's a lot of digitization, there is automation, and now we see it's like more like a new normal of remote working. Uh, so, I mean, COVID has been an interesting experience for all of us, right? Mm-hmm. Last year was probably the darkest year that we have witnessed in our lifetime. And hopefully will be the last dark year that we will witness in future as well, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what it did is also brought into forefront certain things that we were not ready to accept. And one of the biggest ones around that is remote workforce. And second is digitization. Over last one year, mm-hmm. all of us have been forced to use DoorDash or Uber Eats to order food. Yeah. Or one of the food delivery services for groceries, right? Right. And now that we have experienced that, we know what is the power of those things. Mm-hmm. For last 10 years, all of us have been talking about remote, remote health, telehealth, right? Yeah. But no one was ready to accept it. Everybody was not, was not always ready to get the flu. was all kind of challenges we were running into, right? Yeah. I don't know a choice, but my doctor is like, let's talk on video first before you show up over here in person. So what, what COVID has done is first accelerated the exposure to all these digital technologies that was not possible earlier, right? Because of either human nature, our inertia, reluctance, all those things put together, right? Mm-hmm. And now that once you've experienced it, we are ready to embrace those things a lot more easily. But the second part is about the remote work. 
this is a fascinating thing, right? What I say in today's time and age, right, in the remote world, world, one, all of us have experienced remote work and we know that it can work. So that has happened. There's no debate about that anymore. The second part of that is concept of location has changed. If I'm sitting in South America or Africa or Asia or somewhere else in the world, right, does it really matter? For that matter, right, think about this conversation. Does it matter whether I'm like now in Bay Area or some other remote part of the world? The only thing that matters is the time zone in which I'm ready to work. And I say that the world has flattened to a single dimensional. The only dimension that matters is the time zone you live in. And actually, even that does not matter. Because you tell me if you are looking to hire a person who lives two miles away from you, but is not ready to work your hours, wants to work, start late afternoon and late at night versus someone sitting 8,000 miles away from you, but is ready to work in your time zone, right? Yeah. You would rather pick someone who's ready to work your time zone today. And that means you have given the power to the individuals to choose their life, their career, and the opportunity that comes with it, right? Mm-hmm. So in this new world, your comp, your job, your work will be defined by the time zone you are comfortable working in versus where you live. And I think in this scenario where companies will now be more open to hire pretty much from any part of the world, like the technology that you're using to make like AI-based unbiased decisions, yeah. that will be extremely valuable for the companies. If I need to hire a global workforce today, right, I have no context about that other location. And second is how do I even, I even reach out to those people, right? How do I understand them? How do I get in front of those people, right? And technology can really help you. I mean, I will give you a simple example, right? Do How many of us even know about Fudan University? As it turns out, it is a third-ranking university in China. So finding a candidate who went to Fudan University may be a great hidden gem that I didn't even realize, right? Yeah. Versus I keep competing for the talent from the only three universities in US and losing. So data, AI can help us understand those people who live in different parts of the world who have very different experience than us, right? Yeah. And then technology can further help us engage and communicate with those people effectively so that we can engage them, right? And bring them on board. Right. So what would what be a message to the companies so that they can get the right talent? Look beyond what people are saying on the papers. Evaluate them based on their potential. Don't try to rely based on the five questions that you can ask them in the, in the interview, but assess them based on everything they have done till date to see what they can do next. Because in three years, 75% of the global workforce will be millennials. And these people are looking for multiple careers, not just multiple jobs mm-hmm. in their lifetime. Isn't it a surprise? I mean, why are we surprised today when we bring people on board and ask them to do the same work they have been doing for the last three years? Won't they get bored and leave? Mm-hmm. Of course they will. Right? On the other hand, if they are feeling challenged at work, if they are learning, right, they will stay and go with you. So focus on people's potential, what they can do for you, versus only trying to look at the paper and what keywords they have mentioned on their resume. What will be your message to the workforce so that they stay in high demand? Don't stop learning. Don't stop growing. Don't stop challenging yourself. As you say, right, the only constant in the world is change. The world is changing, but are you able to keep up with that, right? Don't accept the status quo. Every day, one thing I ask our own team is excellence, right? Mm-hmm. Make sure that what you're doing today is better than what you did yesterday. Make sure that every day you're learning new things, you're challenging yourself, right? Don't be afraid of acquiring new skills. Think about what all you can do, right? And that's the only way you will grow and you can achieve anything in life. 
some very valuable insights, uh, Ashutosh. I would ask, like, as we are almost towards the end of the show, any final comment? And also, if you can a little bit explain when it comes to the previous point that you mentioned to the companies that they look, they should look for potential. And in that case, like, don't ask the same set of questions. What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? All like, like you know, standard questions people hear during the interviews, but go beyond that. On that, can you a little bit elaborate? I know we don't have that much time, but still, you know, in, in a couple of minutes or so, can you elaborate a little bit? Absolutely. Absolutely, right? Uh, so let's take as an example, right? Mm-hmm. You need to hire people who know blockchain. The number of such people is limited who have experience with blockchain. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you try to hire those people in Bay Area, the number of such people is even more limited. And if you're thinking of improving diversity in your team and you want to hire female candidates, then the number is even more smaller, right? Right. On the other hand, not many people learn blockchain in growing up or when they were in college. So can we actually look at the people who know blockchain today, learn from them what they did before they knew blockchain and what skills they had at that time that made it easy for them to learn blockchain. And then now I can look at the diversity candidates who had those skills that show, demonstrate the learnability of blockchain. And if I were to now open and go after those people, right? Not only it will be much easier for me to hire those people, but the talent pool that I can go after is much, much bigger. And the attrition of those people will be much lower because they are learning and growing with you in your organization, right? And that is what AI can help us do for every skill, every technology at scale. And that is what we're following in HIT for. Excellent, excellent. Because it's like it helps both the parties, like the employer will get like from a wider pool to pick and the people who will be coming and they'll be very motivated in that scenario because they want to learn, they want to excel and they will have the challenge to go through and learn a new thing and when they have the potential, they will succeed. Exactly. This is very exciting. Like some of the points that you mentioned, it's like uh, worth uh, thinking, giving it a thought and going in that direction to make sure companies can get the right talent. Really appreciate Thanks a lot, Ashutosh, for sharing your wisdom today. Thank you, Ajay. Super excited to be on this with you. I hope your audiences enjoy listening to this. And I can always be reached at Ashutosh at h4.ai. If anyone has any questions, please do that. Thank you. Yeah, so listeners, yeah, if you want to get more information about what 8fold is doing, you can go on their website and Ashish has already given his contact information. So thank you for joining us on the Business by Bay today. This show was brought to you by Payroll Vault. We hope that you enjoyed the show. You can find the recording of the show at our website, businessbythebay.live. We love your feedback and so please leave your comments. Also, please feel free to contact us in case you have any questions for our featured guest or want to become a featured guest. We'll be back in two weeks. Same time, 10 a.m. Until then, take care and stay safe. Business by the Bay with your host, Ajay Sani. Join us next time as we discuss challenges businesses face and possible solutions.